Welcome back to Crazy Fate Talk. I'm Sarah. I'm Erica. And I'm Steve. So friends, we're starting a new year. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy 2021. Yay! Yay! 2020's over! <laughs> Hopefully this year is going to be a better one. And in a way, I think that we can help make this year a, a better one is we're going to start off uh, a new series for the new year in which we're going to be looking at different spiritual practices. Now, I will say personally, this is something that's right up my alley. This is kind of who I am. Um, it's something I spent a lot of time in seminary studying, but um, yeah. over the next few weeks we're going to be talking about various practices, things like um, our favorite scripture verses, and prayer, um, different types of prayer, intercessory prayer, centering prayer, um, creative prayers, fasting, accountability, what that looks like, you know, I know that's a scary word, but it's a, it's a good thing, I promise, um, acts of service. And, and those kind of things. We're going to be spending these next few weeks just kind of looking at some of these things that have been part of Christian tradition for centuries now. Um, but unfortunately, at least I've noticed that we, some of these we've kind of have put aside. You know, we, we don't like them. Uh, they make us uncomfortable to think about or to, to try. And I think maybe 2020 might, might be the year that we reclaim some of these practices. Yeah, and, I, and I'm really excited about this series, not only because it's a new year and like new year, new me, but, um, you know, 2024, I'm going to say generally for most people, was awful, right? <laughs> so I think that this is a good time to shake off the dust of, from our feet mm-hmm. and to take a deep breath and to kind of recenter ourselves in our spiritual practices. Both if you want to like kind of get back on track to what you previously did before, the awfulness of 2020, or if you want to try something new, just, you know, kind of restart some spiritual practices. The other thing that I think is going to be good about this series is a lot of what we explore are things that can be done either individually or there are ways to do them in groups. And to be honest, I think one of the big challenges of the year in front of us is going to be that Everybody in every community is going to need a slightly different place or how you balance the individual life mm-hmm. and the communal life. That uh, We're still struggling with uh, you know, congregations that are some in-person worship, some are not in-person worship, some are, my church is open, but I'm not ready to go back to public corporate yeah. worship. And um, while maybe we can all hope that things will trend better as the course of 2021 goes on, uh, we can't guarantee when that will be for any one person, and a lot of what we'll explore are things that you could start on your own, but also you can join with other people, whether doing it in the same room, same time, same place, or, hey, you get a bunch of friends together, we're all going to do this on our own, and then we'll, you know, at some point we'll talk or we'll connect or mm-hmm. how's this going for you, but I, I hope that means that each of these can be explored um, and then flexible enough that, that they can adapt as, as your circumstance allows, too. And that's the thing I, I love about the disciplines is so many of them can be done on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as a single person, you know, I don't have a spouse or kids at home that I can do disciplines with. I mean, I have a church, mm-hmm. but like you said, you know, for a good chunk of 2020, my church was closed. Yeah. So, like, Bible studies and things were stuff that I wasn't able to, to lead or facilitate or be a part of because we just couldn't gather in groups. But these are things I can do on my own, and I have personally a group that holds me accountable to certain practices. We hold each other accountable to certain practices to say, 
And we meet on a weekly basis and say, how are you doing with those things? And sometimes I have to say, not so well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but they're all practices I can do on my own while still having that connection with other Christians who are also practicing these things, even if it looks a little bit different. And I, I, I think maybe as, as a further point about like the value of being able to do these in a customizable way to each individual person is, even even if you've got a whole bunch of people in your house, even if you're on your point of view and you have people in your house who are part of your family, it, in some ways the, the spiritual disciplines like personality types, like mm-hmm. personal tastes, like there can be some things that connect really well for one person, and you may be married to someone who's very, very different, or your kids may be very... And so, like, it's not even, well, we're married, therefore we're going to have to... It, the same kind of things are going to help connect, feed our souls in the same way. In the same way that people who are in my family have different tastes in music or books or movies in, in a similar kind mm-hmm. of way. And, and maybe especially for folks who are in religious professional circumstances, it's difficult to let us be fed too when we're used to, oh, together, the preacher will be the one who leads the prayer or they'll be the one who leads the Bible, which is fine, but also, like, there are times of what do we do that helps recharge us? Um, so, yeah, the, the, I, I think maybe we've made a, a convincing case to ourselves, why should we do a series like this? Um, and maybe not just the turn of the calendar year, but um, uh, if, if we treat this series as a time for almost like the face out of picking and choosing and learning, it may be that as we go through this or as folks who are listening decide, oh, here's one I want to try for a new season that it may be, you know, part of their Lenten practice. Okay, I'm going to specifically take on this practice for Lent. If that's a part of your tradition, then this is a great way to sort of like do a smorgasbord, get, you know, a, a sampler, like this is the appetizer sampler platter of spiritual disciplines. And if you don't like the materialistics, try the chicken fingers. Um, and then later on, you may choose one that becomes something that's a more regular practice for, for you as well. And I think it's important. Like we don't have not every person needs to do every spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as you said, Steve. You know, like certain books or movies or music. You know, I know all three of us read different styles of books and music yeah. just amongst the three of us. Um, you know, you don't have to do every spiritual practice. You might want to try every one for a season. Right. But then stick with the ones that feed your soul. Like mm-hmm. don't push yourself to do something that just is it something that you check off your to do list or that you're right. like. Oh, this is the day I have to do whatever. Because that's not going to be a spiritual discipline. That's just going to be a burden, and that's not the purpose of these disciplines. And and I think also, like, if something, like, we're talking about a spiritual discipline and you know that that's not going to work for you just hearing people talk about it, you can also not try that one. Like, for me, (laughs) I know that I don't do well fasting. Mm -hmm. Like, I get hangry way too easily, and I then take it out on every single person (laughs) around me. So, like, for me, fasting of food is not, like, going to work. Unless I'm just fasting from a type of food, but I still get to eat. Because, like, I I just need to eat. Otherwise, everybody hurts. (laughs) I guess the other thing that maybe is, is helpful for us to say at the outset, and I think this is in, in the whole sweep of Christian theology and history, something that universally Christians can, can affirm, but especially traditions that come out of Protestant branches of the family tree like, like we do, um, to be absolutely clear, none of the spiritual disciplines are, I'm doing this to impress God. And at its best, none of these are meant to be that anyway. 
There have been times in different eras and branches of the Christian family tree where sometimes we get sloppy and Christians sort of like do this. I have to do this because I will let God down if I don't or because God needs me or I earn the points or whatever. No. Um, and yet, um, sometimes we can have that in the back of our mind. And to be super honest, sometimes folks in traditions like, like uh, the, the one I come from as, as a Lutheran, sometimes we are so reactionary against that impulse of if, saying you have to do this, it makes it sound like you have to do it to impress God, we end up like, you can't make me do any of these practices, which is sort of like saying, you can't make me you know, exercise. Well, yeah, but it's good for you, so it would be a smart thing to do. Or you can't make me read a book, or you can't make me you know, do something that's good for me. Well, okay, I can't make you, but there's a reason, there's value, that kind of thing. So this isn't about impressing God, it never was. Once we set that aside, then there's this open question, what might be good for, uh, for, for enriching and deepening relationship with God? And if we approach our Christianity with a, what's the bare minimum I have to do to be acceptable, this is always going to sound like uh, it won't make sense. But if our approach to Christianity is how do I increase and deepen and strengthen both my relationship with God, the way Christ is being formed in me, that if that's what Christianity is about, then these practices will make a whole lot more sense, I think. As somebody who used to do these kind of practices to impress God, uh-huh. I will tell you, it made me miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, because I felt guilty when I didn't do it. You mm-hmm. know, like, daily devotions, I struggled for years to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would always feel guilty when I didn't do them. But then when I started realizing this is something I get to do, mm-hmm. something that helps draw me closer to God, you know, like, it became something I enjoy doing. And if I, if I miss the day for whatever reason... Oh, well, I missed today. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I tried mm-hmm. to read the Bible in a year last year. <laughs> I'm going to read the Bible in 13 months. <laughs> because, you know, and that happens sometimes, and that's okay. Right, right. And I, I think, honestly, in part of God's clever wisdom, sometimes that's part of what the Spirit is able to use those experiences through. That, like, if, if I've committed, I'm going to do this, and it's going to be in such and such a time frame, and life happens, and I can't, or a uh, pandemic happens, mm-hmm. throws my plans out the window, or whatever, maybe part of the growing I do is realizing, oh, this structure, this time frame I implanted, I, I, I came up with that, but God still loves me, even when I can't, like, sometimes that's, that's part of how God gets, gets through to us, that the structure is there in order to allow that when it gets broken, we discover we're still beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's no other way to learn that except to have that experience. Um, so so I, I, yeah, I think, I think this, this whole series has lots of possibilities for deepening all of, our, all of our faith. It's a reminder of God's grace when you break your, yeah. your pattern of what you think your discipline's going to be. Yeah. It's a reminder of God's grace and it's also a reminder for us because I know I struggle with this of forgiving myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and saying having grace for myself because I mean, God has all the grace for me in the world but I need to start having some grace for myself yeah, sometimes, yeah. too. Yeah, because ultimately it's about deepening, re- deepening your relationship with God, not checking something off of your list. Yes. Now, that, that said, too, maybe as an outset, the thing about a discipline is there's a, there's a willingness to commit to, being, to, to making the effort to do something even on the days when it is a little more yeah. of a challenge. So, like, that's different than saying, you know, um, my dear Aunt Edna died and I, I uh, have to go fly out for the funeral or something like that. I'm going to miss my daily devotional, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, but there are going to be days where this is hard, but I do it anyway because in the, in the big picture, I do have a sense that this is good for me, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, in a way similar to, like, and I, I can remember over the, the, the course of the Christmas holiday, 
a day when it was just like a low-key day in our family. People just lounging around. And uh, my wife went downstairs to where we keep our stationary bike. And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to go ride the stage. And like, there's a piece of it. It's like, but nobody's making you. Well, yeah. <laughs> but like, it yeah, actually feels good to be able to do. And um, there are times when you make the additional time and effort for uh, exercise of the body, that in some ways exercise of the, of the, of the soul, so to speak. Um, it's, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's, uh, I gotta make myself do it, but when I'm done, I realize, oh, that was, that was good for me, I, va- I value, I feel better after doing it, but sometimes you just gotta get over that inertia of, uh, gotta do it, and yeah, then it turns out to be valuable. Okay, so you've given a little bit of a sneak preview, Erica, of some of the places that we're gonna go, um, but maybe today we could, uh, start in on one particular kind of a practice that, um, at least, I, I noticed a number of people in my world on social media, maybe yours as well, um, are, are excited about or doing um, as, a, as a start of the new year kind of a thing. Uh, and you may have seen it, folks who are listening may have seen folks do, um, some folks not particularly in religious circles will choose a word for the year. Here's my word that's going to guide my year. And other folks may adapt and be, well, I'm going to pick a Bible verse that's going to be my theme verse for the year, that kind of thing. And I think the idea is starting a new year, I'm going to have a focus, that kind of thing. Talk, talk about that. What, 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 what's this like? What's been your experience with it? How, how, if somebody likes that idea, how, how do you even go about doing that? So it reminds me a lot of, um, at least in the Lutheran church, when you go through confirmation when you're in like middle school, mm-hmm. you... Um, you pick out a faith verse, or somebody picks it out for you. Different churches have different traditions as to mm-hmm. who gets to pick out your verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of reminds me of that. Like usually in confirmation, that faith verse is usually meant to be. This is the verse that helps guide you through your life. This is the verse that you fall back on when you're in um, troubling times, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. It's supposed to kind of fit every occasion, I guess. Um, I I personally don't really like faith verses for your whole life because I think that you go through different seasons and your your needs are going to change. Like, the faith verse that I picked out when I was in middle school isn't going to necessarily fit my life now as a 30-something-year-old pastor who's married to a pastor who has two small children. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in a radically different place than what I was when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope to be in a radically different place when I am 60. Um, so that the verse that guides me now is hopefully not the verse that guides me when I'm 60. Um, so, so in a lot of ways, like, picking out a verse for just a single year makes a lot of sense to me, mm-hmm. like especially as last year being 2020 being, you know, the first global pandemic that any of us mm-hmm. have faced, anybody within living memory has faced, and we have hopes that this year, 2021, we're going to be climbing out of that global pandemic, and life is going to get better, but, you know, hopefully, again, Focus, refocusing ourselves this year is so that, you know, we're turning more towards hope than mm-hmm. the, the depressive state that I think a lot of us felt in December when we're suddenly like, well, it's not safe to go visit family at Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's going to radically, like Christmas is going to be so radically different and not necessarily in a good way. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, refocusing ourselves for 2021 with a new verse, a new scripture to kind of 
be that guiding force in our lives makes a lot of sense to me. I like the way you describe too the idea that over the course of a life, you know, in different seasons of life, that may change, and that that helps reframe this as it's not like there's one correct life verse. Like this isn't like. Um, that there's a one right answer. And I think right. we are so tempted in lots of areas in our spiritual life to assume, like, here's the question, there's one right answer for it, and if you have a wrong answer, oh my goodness, that wrecks everything. When, like, I don't I don't think it's it's like, if I choose the wrong verse, my year will go terribly. No, in fact, you can have a great verse that helps guide you, and terrible things can happen, and that verse may be helpful for how you navigate it, and vice versa. If it turns out at the beginning of January, you think, oh, this verse is really going to speak to me through this year, and... You get to March and something happens and you're like, or maybe you discover a passage that you'd never maybe even noticed before or something like, it's okay if you go, oh my goodness, it's mid-March and I found another verse I like better. It, again, this is not like God requires, no, you've chosen it, it's written in stone, this is the only verse you may ever choose to read this year. Yeah, because um, again, I also don't ever mean this to be, this is the only scripture right. ever. Exactly. And it, it also, like, you're not locked into it, like, Right. Continue reading the Word of God. <laughs> Continue dwelling in the Word of God. There's more to the Bible than just one single verse, which is often plucked out of context. Yeah. So, so maybe the, this is a helpful moment to talk about, like, if, if the concept, okay, yeah, I, I like the idea of picking a verse for my, my year, good. Let's maybe also talk about, like, what are some of the guardrails to put up so that, like, we're clear about what this does and doesn't do. That it's not magic. It's not like when I'm in a tough spot, I recite the magic words of my life verse for the year and the problems go away or the heavens part. Maybe also your point just now that some parts of our scriptures are really handily, you know, made into bite-sized tidbits. Or, you know, some parts of the Bible are tweetable. And others, you know, like, my goodness, even for Paul to write a single sentence in like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you paragraph long sentences that our English translations have to break up just for the sake of avoiding wrong sentences. Um, and there are some things that are beautiful you know, from the prophets or from the psalms or from the teachings of Jesus that are beautiful but make a whole lot more sense in a deeper context but are hard to, if you just pull the verse out, that you lose something, right? I mean, like, the notion of Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus is beautiful, but if my life verse for the year is Jesus wept, other folks are going to give me weird, weird looks. Why'd you pick that, right? Um, context is important. It is. And so the way I like to use verses often is to help remind me of the larger story oh, without okay. having to go and read the whole story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, one verse that I like in particular, and I like to think of when I'm starting my sermon preparation at the beginning of the week, comes from John chapter 12, verse 21. They, which is like the crowd, came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Mm. And so I don't have to necessarily go back and read all of John chapter 12 mm -hmm. to remember what that story is of the crowd coming and finding Jesus' disciples and telling them, hey, we want to see Jesus. We want to hear him speak. We want to see him do the things that he's been doing. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice reminder to me of why are people here in church? They ah. aren't here to see me. Uh -huh. Like, they weren't here to see Philip. Mm -hmm. They are here to see Jesus. They're here to see God. So my work in my writing of my sermon and then delivering my sermon is 
to point towards Jesus yeah. and to show them Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, picking out verses, single verses, I'm hope hopefully not just isolating it from the rest of the story, but rather using it to point towards the story yeah. and yeah, remind yeah. myself of the story without having to memorize that entire short story yeah. in John. Yeah, that's, that's a really helpful example. So that, like... It, as, as someone who might be choosing what's a verse that would be helpful that it could be my go-to throughout the year that in that one sentence and says a whole lot and maybe points to or summarizes a whole lot but that's what you can call it to mind it helps reorient or get you sort of recentered. Yep. That's helpful. That's helpful. Uh, what, what's your experience been with, with practices like this, Erica? So I don't typically do a, a word or a, or a verse for the year necessarily mm-hmm. but I do have a handful of verses that I, I tend to go to. Uh-huh. Um, but as I have grown in my faith, I've realized that some of those verses are those out of context okay. kind of things. Right, right, right. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven being one of those. Okay. And that's that's like a lot of people like that's their life verse. You know, I have I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not not to harm you plans to give you a hope on a future. Right. We all know that, but it I don't know if it was seminary or before seminary that I realized um, the you there is not individual. Right, and spoken to people in exile. Not, this, this is not like a super sunny day, nothing bad will ever happen. Yeah, this is not your rainbow and sunshine kind of day. This, this, was, this is a group in exile, this is a group. Right. It is a plural, it's a y'all. Right. Uh, you know, um, but, but like Sarah said, you know, I, I try to find verses um, that have a larger context to them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least. Um, you know, be aware of the context that's around them. Yeah. Um, some of those I'm, I'm better at at others. Some of them, because there's very few verses you can just kind of pull straight out of scripture, right? And use it unless it's like a proverb or something where right. it is just intentionally like a little two line, right? Stands on its own, right? Or right. sometimes phrases in the Psalms, but even at the Psalms, usually you yeah. the the larger psalm to yeah. make sense of the context, but. Um, yeah, I have a whole bunch of them I kind of circle through. I have them written on my desk, um, yeah. little cards on my desk in yeah. the office. Um, you know, and, and sometimes just coming across it in my devotional reading, it's amazing how, like, a particular voice, a particular verse will just jump out at me that day. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, thank you, Jesus. I need to hear that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I, I've been following a, you know, a devotional for, yeah. and I just so happen on that particular day to yeah. read that verse and like, Oh, I forgot about this verse. Yeah. So, this, that's a helpful notion that, you know, like, sometimes we choose one and think, this is the one I'm going to go to, and sometimes what happens is, despite my best laid plans, God, through whatever means, through random reading or through a book you're already reading or something that, you know, like, presents something else to your mind, and it becomes, oh, I thought I had to come up with my own life verse of the year, and this turns out to be the thing that speaks to me in this moment. Yeah. And being open to that, that, like, God reserves the right to get through to you, not through the means you thought God was going to use. That, that's an important insight, too. There is a new spiritual practice with verses that I've recently seen on Facebook. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's where people ask everybody else, like, what is your mm-hmm. favorite scripture verse? Mm-hmm. And then the, they write that scripture verse at the top of their weekly planner page, and, like, they hopefully will get, like, 52. And so they'll write well, those 52 different verses 
on the top of like each week it's their own verse as well as they write down the name of like whose favorite verse that oh, is okay. as a way of like I'm going to pray for you this week nice. this is your favorite scripture verse which in that way it's probably going to be a lot more out of context mm-hmm. unless you're going to be very intentional about like oh I don't recognize what uh, Micah 6 8 is I'm going to go read yeah. that section of Micah and mm-hmm. figure out what the context is but it's a at least for me like when you connect it to the person whose favorite verse it is is a nice way to like oh this week i'm going to pay uh pray for my good friend pastor erica and this is her favorite verse when i wrote this down Mm -hmm. um oh and then the next week i turn the page oh look my friend pastor steve gave me this verse i'm going to pray for him this week Mm -hmm. that's that's cool because i one of the things i like about that idea even though it's a new idea to me is that it reminds us, even when it's me and my devotional time, that I'm still connected to other people, and that there's no meaningful, faithful way to ultimately separate my relationship with God from my relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. That, that to, to be crude about that, horizontal and the vertical relationships are interconnected, rather than, man, this year was great for me and my spirituality, but I was a jerk to everybody else. Um, but if, if, our, if our spirituality draws me closer to God, but doesn't move me to be deeply concerned or committed to or care for other people, something's going awry there. And that's also possibly a really good way to find another verse that really clicks with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's helpful, too. That sometimes it's, I don't know the because lots of folks are like, well, I don't know the Bible very well. How would I even learn other you know, things yeah. that might be you've got? And sometimes it's, I, I don't know the verse very well, but I trust somebody else who has... This has been these have been words that have come back for me time and time again, which which comes back I think to the the, the piece you mentioned earlier, Sarah, about um, in traditions where um, a, a confirmation verse or a faith verse is a part of their their tradition, there may be reason for choosing, or there may be reason for having someone choose it for you, or maybe and maybe both. And over the course of a lifetime, it's helpful because it's helpful to discover other people have things to, to offer that. That it doesn't have to be, I found it on my own, it's my verse, but like somebody who I trust gave this to me and said, this might be useful for you. In, in my life experience, when um, kids in my church were in fourth grade, they got handed a Bible, given a Bible by the church, and uh, the pastor or your Sunday school teacher would underline a verse specifically chosen for that kid. You know, and again, at fourth grade, how much of your personality is formed? I don't know, some, but maybe not a whole lot. And so, like, there was a verse there, um, and then when we got older, we got to choose our confirmation verses. And then I'm thinking, again, when I was in high school, there was some other time where we got presented with maybe, like, an adult study Bible kind of a thing, where there was, again, like, here's a verse that's given to you at that time. And so, like, it was this back and forth of, like, me seeking and choosing, but also other people pouring into me at the same time. And as I look back, both of those are really important. And there were were eras in my life, maybe especially through adolescence, when I thought, like, no, it's most important if I do the picking. And other people, what they've said to me, I reject. But there comes a point when you sort of grow out of that, like, I need to pick it. And instead, like, oh, there were smart things that other people were trying to tell me. And I didn't want to listen, or I wasn't in a place to appreciate but now I can because they underlined it in my Bible and I can go back and see. Um, I, I guess I, I like the idea of intentionality in all these approaches that's different from the completely random, just 
again, I, I hope this is a practice most people know is danger. <laughs> there, there be dragons here, but that like sometimes that practice, I just randomly open my Bible and you know find it with that kind of like because you know that old joke, you know about like the guy who says I'm going to randomly open my my Bible and find a verse and and they put their finger on and Jesus, Judas went out and hung himself. Oh, well, that can't be right. I'll find another verse and they you know fan <laughs> open the Bible and find another one and it's Jesus and going to the Right, right, right. Um, uh, or maybe you've seen this joke too. I've seen this going around social media. It makes its rounds every every couple of years or so of the person who's got the the like verse a day calendar they got from clearly like the discount store, <laughs> and the verse is "Worship me, and I will give you all the kingdoms of the world." Which on its face, oh, worship God, you'll get like, but it's the words of the devil's Jesus <laughs> the temptation story. So like, know thy context uh, because yeah, just randomly pulling things out of context not not helpful. Um, and to be honest, like that's that's one of the dangers of like that sort of bumper stickerism kind of uh, theology. That well, these words sound good, but oh yeah, in context, oh this is the exile, so it's just, it, it hits differently. Or um, I mean, there's lots of examples of the danger. Maybe that could be a whole series somewhere <laughs> down the road for us of verses that don't mean what you think they mean <laughs> when you hear them in their context. But uh, if we're going to live with those kind of guardrails in place, it sounds like there's a number of ways that somebody might go about choosing um, a, a verse or letting other people offer input for verses that could guide them. And then what do you, what do, you do with it once you've got it? Let, uh, let's say I've, I've listened to good voices or I've reread through my Bible, I've picked you this verse, seems like it's going to be really helpful for me. What, what, what do you do with it? So for me, like, a verse I picked a, a few, several years ago when I was struggling with... Um, Loving myself and feeling loved by God is, is um, Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, whatever you want to call it, uh, six three. And I ended up getting a, a ring that had it written in Hebrew on it. Mm. Like that was something. I have a plate that my roommate in seminary made me that has that listed on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just like I surround myself with that as a reminder that I am God's beloved and God, you know, mm-hmm. and He is mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. For me, like I, I tend to either write the scriptures out or, or get something that reminds me of that scripture that I can see on a regular basis as a way of like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm loved by God or, or yeah. God has made this promise and you know, I'm going to believe in, in this promise or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, similarly, I, you know, keeping that verse front and center in my life so that, you know, I see it often. Mm-hmm is I like to put it on my computer wallpaper, mm. my phone wallpaper, you know, places where, you know, we, we like our electronics, so yeah. when we open those up, it's right there to remind me of, yeah, these are words from God for me right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so some folks who are of creative types who might be artistic on their own might come up with their own way to visually display it, or it might be, I'm not the artist, but I want to have this somewhere where I can see it. So, you know, putting on your computer wallpaper or having somebody who, you know, does calligraphy, put it up so you can frame it and put up on your wall in your office or something like that. Um, or even uh, to, to riff on that practice you talked about uh, with getting friends to send you verses, you know, whether it's in your calendar for the year, writing it on, if you got one verse, writing it on the, the cover pages or some, some place you're going to keep running into it so that yeah. it continues to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And maybe then making sure that if there's a verse you think, I'm going to need to keep coming back to this, it's in a place other than and additionally where your Bible is. Because, like, chances are if you're in a spot where you, 
Now I need some encouragement, and you've got your Bible handy, you can read it. But some other place, when, when your Bible's not handy, then it can be, okay, what, what, what are the words that will ground me or help me through this, this moment? S- similarly, like, going back to the Show Me Jesus verse that I like to use for scripture reading, or mm-hmm. not for scripture, sermon writing, mm-hmm. is I make that part of my sermon writing routine. Nice. So that when I am sitting down like I try to do a little bit every day so that it's not just oh Thursdays it's a marathon I'm going to write my sermon it's more Mm -hmm. like okay on Monday this is what the scriptures are on Tuesday this is what some commentaries say on Wednesday here's maybe a rough outline on Thursday is my writing day but like when I sit down I you know first look at that show me Jesus I pray I look at the, the scripture for Sunday like, you know, it's just built into my routine so mm-hmm. that it's there to remind me what is the purpose of this sermon. And I think that with just a general scripture verse that you're using to guide yourself through the week or the month or the year or the season of life or whatever, you could also build it into whatever your devotion time is with yeah. God. I, I like that idea so that, like, it could be a part of... The, the routine you create for yourself, and when I get up at the start of the day, uh, you know, getting socks on, and I, I you know, either read or recite the, the verse as a way of sort of getting my head on straight to start the day, or to end the day, or whatever are those important go-to break points in your day. Huh? Yeah, and I think in that way, it becomes a prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I really like, I really like using scripture as a way to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Jewish rabbi whose name I do not remember who um, I read in college and he said that um, when I pray I speak to God when I read the scripture God speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and recognizing in that sort of back and forthness that the, the, the relationship is, is brought close between us and God regardless of who's the one talking. <laughs> yep. And, and maybe in a way, too, where, like, we recite the words back that we've been taught as a way of saying sort of back, like, you got through to me, God, I heard you like that. Like, sometimes we need to remind ourselves of things, not because we need to say it back to God, like, hey, God, don't you remember you said this? But, like, I need to be reminded of this. Yes, exactly. And we have this routine at my house uh, where um, I'll say to my daughter, uh, hey, Anna, I, I want to tell you something. And these days it is so funny because at seven years old she looks at me and she goes, I know, you love me, you say it all the time. And like, there's something like that is a little bit like funny about like, I'm not predictable, but on the other hand, like, of all the things that I could be predictable for, that I'm, I'm okay with that. You yeah, know? like, it's not like, oh, you're going to tell me another terrible dad joke, like, you love me. And like, I, I, there, there, there's, there's points in our spiritual lives too where like, it's helpful for us to say, I, 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 I know it, God, you love me, but I need to hear it again. Um, yeah. And in some, in some ways, any of the verses that one might choose for a, a, a life verse or for a year's verse or something are different ways that God has gotten through to saying to us, I love you, you're mine, and you know, whatever other ways that, that gets expressed. But that's, that's at, the, at the heart of this, maybe, too. Yeah, when I was going through that season, um, and I finally accepted that love, mm-hmm. uh, I permanently marked myself with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, you know, it's not, I need to have my Bible or even my phone Bible with me, right. like... Is on my body for yeah, the rest of my yeah, life that yeah. I am beloved. Yeah, yeah. 
that, yeah, that, that, that's, it, it's helpful too that like if you have chosen like a really really long verse it would be hard to tattoo on yourself like are there ways that you can have simple like token reminder symbols or something like that that can be helpful so that because again even a verse sometimes is long to get all the way through uh, or to put up on your wall or something are there, are there some yeah. kind of short even shorthand for the shorthand to help you remember yeah I'm, I'm beloved this is who I am that kind of thing but that's not saying tattoos for everybody. I'm just right, right. <laughs> but it is worth remembering, like, yeah, sometimes this is going to be a whole thing, and at least to read the scriptures, God's got tattoos. <laughs> so, so it must be cool. Um, so if, if this conversation has been helpful for you at all in thinking out ways you might deepen uh, your faith life and your, your experience and relationship with God in the coming year, join us for the rest of this series here early on here in 2021 here on Crazy Faith Talk. See you Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.